0: Today on Locked On Red Wings, ahead of the two games that Detroit is playing in Sweden, we are going to rank the top five Swedish players to ever wear the winged wheel. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com/slash lockdown today to get started. Uh, Guys, today's pretty self-explanatory. Not a whole lot of setup for this one. I kind of laid it out for you in the cold open. We're going to be talking about our top five Swedish players to ever wear the winged wheel. The Red Wings playing two back-to-back games in Sweden, in Stockholm, Sweden, that is, uh, Thursday and Friday against the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we figured it'd be a fitting time to kind of reminisce and look back at our favorite Swedish hockey players to wear the winged wheel there'll be honorable mentions as well and for once as well uh Scotty and I have one coherent list of five players normally we have different lists but we figured out that there wasn't a lot of variance between our two lists it's pretty out there for you uh maybe the last two or three you can sub some guys in but the the top three I think at, are easily cemented for the Detroit Red Wings. All right, Scotty, without further ado, why don't you lead us off with number five on our top five all-time Swedish Red Wings. And, you know, we had quite a bit of conversation uh, with who's supposed to be at
1: five. We sure did. We sure did. Uh, I I think, you know, there was a, a back and forth between us about the, I feel like if we did like a top six, we'd be like pretty like clear cut, yeah. but there was some back and forth between us on who five was going to be. And I think we were both. We also, as we already said, like I already only have one list. And so going back and forth, there wasn't too much dialogue. And then the top four was pretty solidified. But um, at number five, we have the mule baby. We have yeah. uh, Johan Franz and A, one of the best nicknames out <laughs> there uh, in terms of you know like nickname era uh Detroit Red Wings in that era but um yeah this is uh kicking off one on a long list of uh Red Wings lifers which is like something that i think is so wild that all five of these guys we're going to bring up played 100% of their careers with the Red Wings that's that's crazy to me and uh yeah but the, but the mule um obviously had had uh, some pretty nice seasons uh maybe didn't live up to what was once bestowed upon him. We'll talk about that a little bit later with another guy as well, but um, yeah, I had incredible clutch moments, great cup runs and, uh, and at the end of the day, he's the mule baby.
0: He's the mule. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to keep the rest of our honorable mentions until the very end, but I think just in all fairness, like we were debating between, uh, Johan Fronson and Jonathan Erickson, and it was basically a, quantity versus quality debate between these two where Johan Franzen, when he did play, his impact was felt immensely, especially in the playoffs. But obviously he fought concussion issues through no fault of his own. That stuff just happens through playing a physical contact yeah. sport. And he missed a lot of time, especially in his last few years, you know, last few years, I mean, one of those was a partial lockout, but 54 games, 33 games. And then his final year, just two games. Um, he also only played 27 in the 09, uh, 2010 s- season. So, availability was a big issue in that debate where Jonathan Erickson, he also played over 600 games. I got with the Detroit Red Wings and you know, that was where the argument lied is, is playing a full 13 years. What, what it was with Jonathan Erickson at the quality of player he was. And he's got an incredible story. The last player picked in the draft, right? He was the final player picked in the draft. He ended up playing 13 years, 670, I think games with the Detroit Red Wings where he was, Basically a bottom pair defenseman second pair at best kind of became a scapegoat scapegoat in the Detroit Red Wings organization amongst the fans, but had a great, a great career nonetheless, given where he was drafted or Johan Franzen, whose career was unfortunately cut short, but was like you said, incredibly, incredibly clutch. Um, we ended up in the end going with Johan Franzen at five because Franzen in 602 games played 187 goals, 183 points for or 183 assists for 370 points he could score, he could pass, but really what set him apart and what put him over the top in this debate was his playoff performances. Um, that is when the mule came out in full force. In fact, that's really what earned him that huge contract extension was his performances in the 08 and 09 playoffs and those two Stanley Cup playoff runs. In 08, um, during the playoffs, I believe he had like 18 points in 16 games played with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, double, trying to, I just strolled right past, just want to double check on my math there. Where are, where is this now? I can't find it. Uh, here it is. I'm sorry about that, guys. Yeah. He had 13 goals, five assists in the 08 playoffs for the when they won the Stanley cup. And then in the 09, when they lost in the final, they had 23 points in 23 games, and then in 2010, 18 points in 12 games. Like he was a tank in the playoffs. And really that's what set him above uh, and beyond Jonathan Erickson, who will be our first honorable mention. We'll get to the rest of the honorable, honorable mentions at the end of the episode, but Johan Franzen is number five for us you got anything else to add scotty no man
1: just uh big body that can score man he he uh i I know people talk about like what if scenarios i don't think it's entirely fair because like he did like he did play in over 600 games but um i think a lot of people would would really like to know the true peak that maybe he could have reached you know had uh had the the injury uh, the injury history that he had not kind of mm-hmm. caught up to him there. I mean he was he, he was playing uh, he only played an over half of the season half of any season once in his last four years. Like uh, you know, and you already mentioned 0-9-10 was uh, down there as well. Just yeah, really unfortunate. But uh, when he was on the ice, man, yeah. nobody will forget the mule. That's for sure.
0: And I think. I'm pretty sure 2012 2013 was that lockout shortened season. So technically, he played the full 41 that year. Correct. If I'm recalling yeah. correctly. But those last three 54, 33, 2, it just, he couldn't, he couldn't stay on the ice. And he probably should have retired and he'll even admit to it long before. But when he did play, he could be a game changer. He, he had that clutch factor for sure. So that's why he's at five. And Erickson is number one on the honorable mentions list. We'll get to the rest of the honorable mentions at the end. But now, let's go number four. All right Scotty, the fourth person on this list that we have is Thomas Holmstrom, another guy who didn't rack up a I mean half point per game across his entire career, but Thomas Holmstrom played his entire career with the Detroit Red Wings, retired the same season that Nick Lidstrom retired, that 2011-2012 season, putting 15 years with the Detroit Red Wings, getting drafted in the 1994 NHL draft. 1,026 games played, 530 points. Why is he number four on our list, Scotty?
1: I mean, first off, Homer's just a dog, you know? (laughs) That's just the definition of of a dog there. But yeah, man, this is another guy who 15 years and the entirety of his NHL career was for one team, and it was for uh, the Detroit Red Wings. Um, And he was a 10th round pick in 1994. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when we're a lot of these guys just because of the evolution of the game of hockey and whatnot, there, there was a lot of those, uh, players from like certain countries in Europe that were available later in the draft. And, and, uh, obviously the Red Wings found a lot of great talent, uh, in the back end of the draft in the nineties and early two thousands. And clearly as we're talking about today, quite a few of them from Sweden, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, just another, just another like lifer, right. Just another career Red Wing. And, uh, and, yeah, certainly, like I said, he's uh, he's a little bit of a dog, too.
0: I mean, yeah, he he's fit a very particular niche with this Red very Wings much. team uh, that you don't even really see anymore in the NHL. Like, his job was to go out there and park his ass in front of the net and right. just tip shots. And he was fantastic at it. There's not a single NHL player that I can think of in today's game that is better at deflecting shots and tipping <laughs> shots than Thomas Holmstrom and just screening goalies. And he had a lot of those call penalties – I'm sorry. A lot of those goals called back for yep. goaltender interference, some of which were earned, some of which he was just not even in the blue paint on because uh, he got that reputation. And, you know, you think of Holmstrom, you think of Lidstrom, they kind of go as a pair hand in hand. He had a 30-goal season. <laughs> What's that crazy? a 30-goal
1: season just with tip-ins, baby.
0: What's crazy is when you look at his Corsi 4 percentage. So that metric didn't get start. That metric did not start getting tracked until the 2007, 2008 <clears> season. Uh, so only the last six, five seasons of his career did that statistic get tracked. But he was 35 to 39 years old at that point. His Corsi 4 percentage, Scotty, 64%, 60%, 59%, 56%, 52%. And all of that, and you're thinking, okay, well, those are really good NHL teams. Like, 08 team, that first year course he was beginning to get tracked. He was on a Stanley Cup winning team. Red Wings Wings team was a wagon. But relative, he was still 5.3% relative to his teammates. So he went out there, and despite the fact that he played a really niche role, Thomas Holmstrom was still out there. When he was out there, he was helping the team generate more scoring chances for than scoring chances against, or shot attempts for and shot attempts against at even strength. That's just at even strength. That's not power play. That's not penalty kill. So, despite the fact that we all remember Thomas Holmstrom is like literally this just one little niche role, he still metrically was a dog. And I, I, we love Thomas Holmstrom for that. Fifteen years
1: of just sitting in front of the net, putting pucks in the back of the net. I, when lo- when you think of historic dogs, Holmstrom, <laughs> Holmstrom's in the dog hall of fame. Let me tell you.
0: I, and I mean, like you said, 30 goal season under his belt as well, which is he almost had two. I think he had a
1: 29er in there as well.
0: Yeah. It's just incredible that he could have that many goals in his career. Um, yeah. 29 goals in 06, 20, 30 goals in 07.
1: Yeah. He had 59 goals from 05 to 07, man.
0: 59 points in 06. I mean, that's just insane to think that he could produce that much because of what we remember him doing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, a lot yeah, of that Yeah, like,
1: awesome. like special teams guy as well, like double-digit power play goals several times in his career and just found his niche and uh, made a lot of money and played a kid's game for a long time doing it, man. All the respect in the world. Oh, God, I love Homer. We miss him. We miss him dearly. Uh,
0: we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll go to number three of the uh, top Swedish players to ever wear the winged wheel. So stay tuned to Lockdown Red Wings. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about – jace medical as soon as i find it there we go whether you're on extended travel bracing for a major weather event or limited by yet another supply shortage you are covered thanks to our partners at jace medical life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply even ed generics for cialis viagra and revatio prescriptions go online right now at JaceMedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication Remember to use promo code lockdown at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for the service supply chain issues caused me to have to cut my pills in half. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now prices are low, lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. Again, that is a verified customer for Jace. If you or someone you love Would like to get peace of mind by having a one-year supply, or I'm sorry, a year supply of any daily med? Go to jacemedical.com if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty and I are breaking down our top five Swedish players to ever wear the winged wheel ahead of the two games in Stockholm, Sweden. Rather, Wow. And, Scotty, it is your turn to present number three for the Detroit Red Wings.
1: Number three is yet another Red Wing lifer. I'm realizing that all of them are. I mean, it makes sense. It's cool, though. Yeah. Like, all of our top five were, like, combined, played for one team. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, The Cronwall, baby. Croner is... uh, coming in at number 3 here obviously uh, again 15 year career all with the uh all with the Detroit Red Wings and yeah i mean was was a staple uh was a i mean growing up like that was that was like my era of like team like growing up right that's the team like i, I kind of grew up with was uh with Connor out there and yeah like, i had a verb named after him at one point that you know kids would go to school with with, like, you got Cronwald t-shirts. I mean, he he was a guy who, for, for a guy who only scored double-digit goals twice in his career um, to, uh, to and certainly had his moments defensively, but, you know, wasn't, like, a lockdown defender there on the blue line to kind of transcend and, and have his own brand, I think, is, like, one of the coolest things ever. Uh, obviously, Cronwald's a fan favorite here.
0: I mean, slightly under half point a game across his career with 432 points in 953 games. He was definitely a pass first guy rather than shoot first, uh, crossing 51 points in the 0809 season with the Detroit Red Wings. This uh, say 59, 51 points. Can't remember what I said now. And then, you know, just always being consistently in that 30 to 40 point range until the end of his career, just about, he was really good and obviously at times playing with some of the best defensemen in the game allowed yeah, him he got,
1: to. You got some pretty good draws with uh, with with pairing mates. That's Guys sure. like
0: Lidstrom and Rafalski, playing with guys like that, allow him to go out there and lay the body out knowing that and make a name for himself doing so, knowing that people are backing him up. But even after Lidstrom retired and Cronwell had to take on that mantle of the number one D-man, you know, he t- took it in stride. Yeah. I There's a lot of seasons, too, where he was hurt and he was trying to play through and battle through those injuries. I have a soft spot in my heart for Nick Cronwell because, you know, this guy just always gave it his all out there. There was never any doubt about the heart that he had. And again, another player that, metrically, was very good for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, even in those last few years where he was a negative, like minus 5, minus 14, minus 21, he was still putting up course, Uh, percentages at five on five that were well above 50 at the end of his career at 36 and 37, still positive relative to his teammates. Like those are bad teams that he was playing on those years, teams that missed the playoffs. Yet he was still above 50% on his own and relative better than his teammates as well. He's just a guy who you could rely on in pretty much any given situation to make a statement, make a stand. I, I love Nick. Car- I mean, we're, I'm gonna love every person on this list because mm-hmm. they're top five Swedes of all time. Yeah, right but in Red
1: different, man. He, like I said, he he really. Um,
0: he he's not like a Hall of Famer or anything. Like no, I'm not no, saying that, not, but, but
1: he he was uh he was such a fan favorite because of like the style and, and everything, and and you know like the the other defenseman that that again like he shared you know pairs with at, at for a long majorities of his career. We're gonna. Be the ones to get the attention and the awards and whatnot, for him to, you know, be still like a a big figure and a prominent figure because of his style of play, uh, without racking up like all the accolades and and whatnot along with it is uh is just really cool. Like, who doesn't love Nick Cromwell, man? That's yeah. uh he, he's the man.
0: Yeah, and I think that takes us cleanly into number two on our list. And I think two and one are pretty obvious self-explanatory um, I would like say, yeah. without a doubt you got to say you know Joachim Anderson number two yep. easily Joachim Anderson gotta yeah, say without a doubt uh, Without a doubt, no of course it's Henrik Zetterberg second best Swede to ever wear the winged wheel uh he played 100 1,082 games the Detroit Red Wings had a 962 960 points rather nearly a point per game at Stanley Cup All-rookie, all-star, Conn Smythe, King Clancy Trophy winning, should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. He'll get there eventually. It's just going to take a couple years. Z Z was unreal. And I think that, obviously, us Red Wings fans, especially because he's a recent player, we remember him fondly. But I think in terms of on a league scale, he was massively underrated. Massively underrated. I mean, this is a guy who not only could score goals and not like he put up a ton of goals. He did hit 43 goals in 07, 08 and hit 30 a few times in those prime years. But as his career went on, became like an assist to playmaking guy primarily. But Henrik Zetterberg was just such a steady force on the offense. People talk so much about Pavel Datsuk's two-way game, but Henrik Zetterberg played one hell of a two-way game too. He just wasn't flashy like Datsuk was. So he didn't get the media draw. But you could depend on Henrik Zetterberg in the locker room and on the ice to do it all. And I think that is why, without a doubt, he was named captain of this Red Wings team without question after Nick Lidstrom retired. I, people always love Datsuk, but I personally love Zetterberg more than Datsuk. And not to say I don't love Datsuk, I absolutely love Datsuk. But the composure and poise and respect that Zetterberg commanded, I just, he's he's one of my all-time faves.
1: Yeah, and and again, kind of a similar conversation to uh, to Croner, like that's for for people that are in in my generation, and our generation, like that was you know like very prominent years in our childhood was uh, were those two, you know, if you want to throw Datsuk in there, like those two kind of leading leading the way, and like older Iserman then like hands kind of the baton off there when when I'm pretty young, and uh, it, it's it's one of those things where when, when that, when that handoff happened, yes, like there, there were people that like, I mean, Lidstrom like was, was getting older. And, and like I said, Eiserman retired and whatnot, but it, it was just, it was so seamless. The transition from like the late nineties, early two thousands teams to like the, the 07 to, to 09 kind of, you know, like prominent teams as well. And that's something that I don't think anyone took for granted and we shouldn't like that. You know how crazy that is? Like we, like all of the fourth liners and third liners and like, like 20 year old prospects that were like kind of coming up in the early two thousands, then just like naturally became like some of the best players in the NHL and still were. And obviously there was a lot of hangovers as well, but like then they were like the prominent faces and the prominent figures on a cup team, you know, like just under a decade later, that's just, it, it's so miraculous and it, and it couldn't be possible without Z. And obviously Larkin has talked about Z and, and his impact yeah. on, on Larkin's like NHL career and how important he was. And uh, it's always awesome to, to see the Red Wings in general do a good job with this, but see so many uh, people from that team and see Zetterberg, especially still like around the organization. And, and that is, uh, is really, really cool. So yeah, for a guy that, you know, was was teammates with like prime prime like Iserman, but then also like helped Dylan Larkin understand the importance of captaincy. Like to have that on your career from beginning to end is 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 nothing short of miraculous.
0: And I just I cannot get over, you know, how early on in his career, obviously playing with some of the best players to have ever played the game, you know, he's scoring 39, 33, 43, 31 goals. Like he had an incredible finishing touch at that point, also getting fed with some incredible players by some incredible players. But even as the second half of his career droned on and his finishing went away and his goal scoring went away, he had no problem pivoting to more of a pass first style. Cause that's, what's funny is that's what I remember the most about Henrik Zetterberg is him being a pass first guy, a guy who got a bulk majority of assists with the Red Wings. Cause that's that happens when, you know, you remember more so, how they ended rather than how they began with a player's career. And he ended as like that captain, steady guy, always passing, helping generate goals for other players. But I remember at one point in 2014, right? Like I think it was 2014 where he had that back surgery and we weren't sure like how he'd be able to come back. And, you know, and one of our honorable mentions will just scoop in there, kind of took over the reins for the Red Wings in that season, led the team in points, but he came back from a 45-game season in 2013-2014 and had a 77, 82, 82, 82 82-game season after that injury, and he was steady still. 49 points, 37 points, 51 points, 45 in his mid to late 30s. That is good production from a guy his age after having such a major surgery. And on top of that, I cannot stress enough, it's crazy looking at when this Red Wings team was good and even after they weren't good, like past their prime with older vets, how they're even strength Corsi percentage. And I, I, I'm sure you guys are tired of me harping on Corsi, but these best players on our team, hall of fame caliber guys like Henry Zetterberg, and even guys who aren't hall of fame guys like Nick Cronwell and Thomas Holmstrom, we're still getting Corsi percentages well above 50 and relative. We're still positively adding to the team. Well, after the team was out of the playoff mix, like that just taught, that just proves how, vital these guys were at even strength for the Red Wings and how we sorely are missing that now. Um, But anyways, I'm droning on Henrik Zetterberg easily number two. Um, And number one is not going to be a shock for you guys either, but I'm still going to make you wait because first, we got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, uh, over-unders, and more. Scotty, I made a gamble, and by the time people are listening to this, they'll know, but Islanders on the road in Edmonton underdogs. I took Islanders underdogs and that isn't like, I don't think you're going to blame
1: me on that one.
0: No, but see the thing is, is obviously new head coach. Sometimes that fires a spark underneath players. Teams go on tears after a new coach comes in behind the bench. But at the same time, the goaltending, despite the fact that Edmonton dominates in shot attempts and shots, every game, their goaltending is so atrocious that they allow so many shots, but the Islanders don't generate a lot of shots. They're defense first, so it's really going to come down to, can the Islanders take advantage of the Oilers' piss-poor goaltending, or can the Oilers, with their aggressive offense, push through the great defense and goaltending of the Islanders? I took Islanders plus odds. So go to fanduel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, we are at number one all time. And normally with these lists, typically you make people wait, do honorable mentions before number one. But in this case, number one is so obvious that there's no point in trying to tease you guys any longer. Scotty, why don't you give the people who is obviously the number one Swedish player in Red Wings history?
1: Gustav Nyquist. Thank you guys for coming out. It was great. (laughs) Um, no, obviously it's Nicholas Lindstrom. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there's there's very anticlimactic, as we're all aware. Uh, for my money, he is the greatest defenseman to ever put on skates uh, in the history of the world. And I don't think that that's like a super hot take, which is just like a, a, <laughs> a testament to how great of a hockey player he is. And obviously the nickname, the perfect human has done a lot of work outside of hockey as well. And now is back in the Red Wings organization. And, um, you, again, you want to talk about a a Red Wing lifer, uh, Lindstrom is is absolutely that through and through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he did everything out there, right? Like he is, you know, people are going to argue that Bobby Orr was the better defenseman all time. And I think that, Honestly, well, styles, you right? If you different completely different styles, Bobby or revolutionized what it meant to play defense. He he defined the offensive defenseman. Yeah, but Nicholas Tilstrom, absolutely the
1: greatest offensive defenseman ever.
0: But Nicholas Listrom, without a doubt is the best defensive defenseman to ever play the game. And he did that. He was the best in the game for literally 20 years. He played 20 seasons with it all with the Detroit Red Wings, 1,564 games. Over half point a game, well over half point a game, 1,142 points from defense as a defensive defenseman is
1: not a joke. Because people talk I about mean, his, My he, favorite stat ever with him is that he didn't win a Norris until he was 30 and he still retired with seven. Like, that's no. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, that's that's preposterous.
0: Four time Cup winner, all rookie team, seven time Norris, like you just stated, 12 time All Star, Conn Smythe in 02. And of course, Hockey Hall of Fame, without a doubt. The guy was. A machine. He was obviously the perfect human. And what's so funny is people talk so much, and he was, you know, he was my favorite player growing up. Like, my favorite Red Wing on a team that had Sergei Fedorov, on a team that had Steve Eisnerman As a defenseman, Nick Lidstrom was the guy I always watched. And it's so funny because people always harp on how good he was defensively, but they almost forget he was not half bad offensively as well. I mean, this is a guy who... Multiple times in his career, put up sixty plus points from the back end. I'm trying to count exactly how many times he did it right now. One, two. Oh my! He had seventy point seasons as well. Like this is a guy. He had,
1: a, he had an eighty. He had a point per game season. I know five, oh six. He had eighty points.
0: Yeah. So I mean, people often forget that just because he was the defensive defenseman in the league and is still the best to ever do it that way, he put up a lot of points as well. Like this guy. The way he controlled games, the way he knew where the puck was going before it was going to go there, but the way he knew what teams were doing before the team was going to do it. I mean, this guy is not just the best Swedish hockey player of all time. In our eyes, Scotty, he is the best defenseman of all time.
1: Yeah. Uh, How about this? How about this that 98-99, played in 81 games, 14 PIMS. <laughs> That's you know what like i mean it. like some people some people are just different man like so you know what i mean like that's that's a, a, a good a, point how did he never win a lady bing right it's it's one of those things where um yeah he was runner-up for bing four years in a row and five total
0: five runner-ups yeah, total for lady bing
1: he was and he was runner-up at one point uh oh, three three or four times in a row while Gretzky was still kind of kicking in at that point. So, um, but anyway, it, it, uh, some people, some people are just different. And like, I had this conversation with uh, one of my friends this week and it's just like, we all go through in our quote unquote athletic careers, right? As, as small or as big as they, they are from individual to individual. We all go through a point where you, step on the ice or step on a field or or step on a diamond or whatever and and you realize that like other people are just better than you at the game right like and and at some that happens to everybody at some point no matter if you're you know a a hall of famer or whatever like at some point you just hit an age and like you realize other people like it happens to everybody at some point and I, i i wonder a, if he like literally ever felt that, but B, because I have a hard time believing that he did, Um, I guess again, until maybe like the very, very end, but B, how many times somebody stepped on the ice and looked at him and felt that way about sharing the ice with him, you know, right. like just uh, an absolute generational, doesn't even do it justice, just a uh, kind of a, a once in a hundred year type of player.
0: Oh yeah. I don't know if there's a single defenseman in the game right now that'll ever live up to that standard, mainly because the game the the way players play defense has so changed so much. Like what makes a Norris trophy winning defenseman now is how many points they put up. You know, Uh, Lidstrom might have been the last of his breed of true defensemen who play defense first. And I mean, he just, in my eyes is the definition of that. And what's crazy is again, here I go again with the advanced stats, but like, 50 he's 41 years old coursey four percentage of 59.4 percent at all strengths and 56.7 at even strength relative of 2.3 41 years old and he won the norse when he was 40 that was his final norse it was his second yeah. to last season like <laughs> he is insane and i know the norse can be a little bit of a popularity contest too but i mean to say that he didn't deserve it would have been insane uh, this guy we can't say enough good things scotty honorable mentions
1: I think Goose, you know, Nyquist is, is, is another one. That's our um,
0: first person. We've met Non lifer, right? non lifer, first
1: one that played for a non Red Wings team that we've mentioned, but I, I, Goose had such a good, uh, what, eight years here, seven, eight years here. And it's at a young age too. like really stepped into a pretty prominent role. Um, if uh, it's, it's funny, my, my roommate and I, we've known each other our entire lives and, and, uh, growing up, not really growing up, I guess that was a little bit later, but middle school and high school, uh, we loved goose and now we're, we're adults and, and we're in an apartment and we have a (laughs) goose Jersey hanging in our dining room kitchen area. (laughs) Like, um, which, uh, yeah, goose will forever hold a place in my heart. Uh, he, he would have made, uh, he would have made my, been pretty high and prominent on my list just because he's, he's one of my favorite players ever, but um, yeah, he, he definitely is an honorable mention on here as well.
0: Yeah. 306 points in 500 games with the Detroit Red Wings, exactly 500 games, with the Detroit Red Wings, by the way, that's yeah. kind of nutty. Um, but he had a 28 goal season. There was a time where we literally thought he and Tatar were the second coming of Datsuka and Zetterberg. Yep, to we carry sure the torch. Fell a little bit short of that expectation, but they're still really, really good middle six wingers. And they've had really both of them, have had really nice NHL careers that are still ongoing. Yeah. Um, right now Nyquist is with Nashville, and I think Tatars with Colorado or is it Dallas?
1: Last update I, I got. Yeah,
0: he's with Colorado. Um, but anyways, and then outside of that, I want to give a shout out to. He only played 49 games with the Detroit Red Wings, but Borea Solming, Salming, um, who mm-hmm. unfortunately passed away last year, he was he he kind of changed the perception of what people thought of Swedish hockey players in the league. And, you know, Lidstrom has even gone on to call him an inspiration for himself. Hockey Hall of Famer uh, played from 1974 to 1990. You know, again, like I said, only 49 games. But so he gets an honorable mention just for what he meant to the game. For and sure. then I think there's just one more honorable mention on here. And that one's more of just a shot for Ottawa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah, like we can joke about the obviously he is uh he, he will forever be a sen, but um did play 68 games at the very end of his career, and it's just worth pointing out, you know, like Alfie Daniel Alfredson uh did did play for the Detroit Red Wings and is obviously widely considered to be one of the greatest, uh one of the greatest Swedes to ever step on the ice. So uh just kind of again, obviously. No one, no one's saying he's, he's remembered as, as a wing. All right. Everybody calm down, but uh, he did play for the wings and is, is one of the best to ever lace them up from, uh, from Sweden.
0: So. But it's also, I think it's also fair to mention that, you know, not again, we're not trying to make the case that it's an honorable mention just spent 17
1: of, years in Ottawa. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> just like we're, we're, it's an honorable mention to ma- mention Borye Salming. It's an honorable right. mention to mention, could, well, I'm saying mention too much, Daniel Alfredson. Uh, Because of the incredible career he had. That just so happened to finish with Detroit. But even in that one year he played with Detroit at 41 years old, he led the team in points. Granted, that was only 49 points in 68 games played. But with Zetterberg injured, I mean, the leadership he brought to the team was invaluable. And the Red Wings probably wouldn't have made the playoffs if not for him. And they made it in by the skin of their teeth. But Alfredson's 49 points to lead the team was Kept the streak going, baby. Yeah. So let us know your guys' list in the comments. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. Same time, same place to your team every day. Every day.